0: Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts designed to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. I'm your host, David Ubita. Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs starts right now. Hey, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time with your host, loss mitigation executive, entrepreneur, and nationally featured author and speaker, David Ubida. Hey, in this episode, we chat with 18-year-old, that's right, 18-year-old human connectedness expert, TEDx speaker and author, Isaac Rosenbaum. Now, Isaac's mission is very unique for an 18-year-old. His mission is to end human trafficking, teen suicide, and depression. And we'll dive into his story when we return.
1: Hey, Isaac, are you there?
2: Yes. How's it going?
1: Awesome. It's it's going fantastic, man. Again, thank you for taking the time to to chat with us today
2: on the uh,
1: podcast, uh, the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. And um, I think that our audience is going to be in for a real treat uh, just because of a couple of variables. First of all, your mission and and some of the things that you're passionate about. And then the other piece I believe that our audience is going to be curious about is how mature you are for your age. Uh, that's not to say that you're like 12 years old or anything, but uh, <laughs> if you would just share, first introduce yourself to the audience, tell uh, you know, tell us your full name, et cetera, where, where you're from, yeah. and then share with our audience a little bit about what you
2: do and how old you are. Okay. Uh, so my name is Isaac Rosenbaum. I'm from Encinitas, California, which if you don't know, that's this quirky little beach town by San Diego. Um, I'm 18 years old. And as of right now, I've given two TED Talks, and I'm currently beginning to uh, dip my feet into professional speaking, and also, um, I'm trying to launch this company where we fundraise for organizations that are more community-oriented. So, these are organizations that reach out to homeless youth, the human trafficking survivors, um, et cetera, and give them a community where they could grow and recover and just a place where they belong and can have community with other people. That's exciting. Um,
1: Yeah. That's exciting. So, again, just to recap, you're 18 years old. Um, Yeah. You've done two TED Talks already, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and uh, you're working on building a business to serve and make an impact in the world, especially with such an important topic as uh, trafficking and so on and so forth. How did you
2: get into that, and why is this so important to you? You know, I I think um I grew up with a family that had a very servant heart, so I kind of just saw um, at a very y- young age what it looked like to have empathy. Um, I actually started doing social work, as you could say, when I was 12 years old, and I was sitting in a history class and we were talking about the water crisis in Africa, and that kind of sparked this idea that there are that one way to change the world would be to actually impact the lives of people in need. So I launched this eight month campaign to raise, we raised $3,000 um, and I was, <laughs> by the time the well was built, I was 14 years old and that was in, the well was built in Uganda. So that's kind of where I first sort of began to explore that and learned that this is just something I like to do. And huh. that it, it kind of gave me purpose. And I think to this day, that's why I have that drive, even though a lot of times I have to pull money out of my own pocket. To do these projects
1: yeah for sure Uh, that's what all entrepreneurs do Uh, entrepreneurs and one of the reasons I wanted you on this on on the podcast Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is because of your age number one um, you are definitely a wiser than your years uh, which is so impressive because at 18 years old when I was 18 years old I don't know what it it sure wasn't uh, doing dead dogs I wasn't doing that (laughs) And I wasn't building organizations to serve the world. Uh, if anything, I was probably just wondering, how do I get rid of this pimple on my forehead, right? So. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I do that too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, right. So that's in between. That's what yeah. I was doing during downtime, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's
1: hilarious. So let's dive into your TED Talks a bit. Uh, tell us a little okay. bit about what, those, uh, what, the, what that was like and okay. uh, what the subject matter was. Uh, the interesting thing about – about speaking, as you mentioned, that that you are looking to get into the speaker circuit, etc. I am in the speaker circuit myself, and uh, it's always interesting to hear, and I always believe believe that you can learn something regardless of whether you're a seasoned professional or someone just coming in uh, into the speaking piece. Um, the, The key thing for any successful speaker really winds up being your message, right? So you can have Hmm. the ability to tell great jokes you had, you can have the ability to have great stage presence you could have a great reputation you can have you know a lot of you know fame under your belt and momentum in that regard but the message is everything so what was your message behind these two
2: talks yeah so the message um <clears throat> excuse me so coming out of high school I I came from a high school that was very very you could say it was very weird but one of the biggest things was it focused on um Nurturing the individuality of each student, but then bringing them into community and celebrating one another as individual different students, all part of this big, what I call a mosaic. So it's one big picture, but lots of different pieces. So in my TED Talk, I talked about my experience in high school and um, also how that high school culture, this culture that reached out to people and said, you are here for a reason. You have something valuable to add to the table. We want you to be a part of that. It, the, a lot of people that I, that I interacted with and spoke with and met with, a lot of, there was actually a lot of mental health things and a lot of like, eating disorders or suicidal thoughts, a lot of things like that actually, um, like they got help by belonging in the community. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, having a sense of belonging actually had an enormous impact in the long run for those people as much as it did in my own life. Yeah, for sure. That I was believe- kind of like the main topic, yeah.
1: Nice. So were you nervous when you, when you were standing up front? What,
2: what, what did you do to prepare for the actual talk? Uh, so it's a pretty long process. So I guess the one thing for anyone who is looking to give a TED Talk, I think you touched on this earlier, but you have to start with an idea that if you were to share this idea and a million, a billion people watched it, would your idea change the world? So it's something that you're super passionate about, something that you um, work super hard to put out there, and then so you start with the idea, and then I pretty much wrote twenty applications for for, for events all over the country, and I sent wow. those out there, and I got two responses, which is still pretty incredible, and then they um,
1: oh, that's all very different. Response.
2: Yeah.
1: What Was that? That's a ten percent response out of you
2: know two out of twenty. Yeah. No, I definitely had to learn a lot about that process. Um, and then going from there, every event's different. So the first one I did was in Temecula, and that one was a very long process. We had three months where we would meet together. We would refine our talk, and then um, that way we're super well prepared. It was very big production. The second one I did, they let me know a month in advance. So you, you can get a very wide variety of Preparation oh, for TED talks. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. That
1: is fantastic. You know, I've had the yeah. the opportunity, the the um, the humbling opportunity to actually prep uh, TEDx speakers uh, as they go again through the process because it is a lengthy one if you, if, you yeah. if you're given the time, and it's just you know the constant correction, the constant feedback, the constant tweaking that's needed. Uh, it's so. Most people may assume, well, I'm just watching the speaker, but they don't know how much work uh, the TEDx brand puts you through. And on top of that, the work that you've done individually, just to even be in the position where TEDx is
2: even listening to you. Is that right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and and that's a big thing too, is I, I would say the work, they're looking for people who are passionate, not just people who could talk super loudly about a topic, but someone who's actually shown through their work or through their life that this is something they actually care about and that they're actually putting in the hours to show that they care about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, having this discussion reminds me of why I even started this podcast and and wanted to create a platform for for rock stars like yourself. And, you know, the whole premise of the show uh, is providing entrepreneurs uh, that encouragement and that support that only another entrepreneur would understand that you need, mm. because unless you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're really not going to understand the pressure. You're not going to understand mm. the the mind games. You're not going to understand the the state of overwhelm at times. Uh, the level of responsibilities, especially as you're growing a business and as you have employees and team members that are, you know, with their own families that are, you know, dependent upon the success of the business, etc., and so yeah. I agree 100%. It's got to be something that you really are are uh, that you something that you really love, and if you don't, chances are you're not
2: going to get through
1: the difficult times if you don't.
2: Right. No, exactly. Um, is there if I talk about s- some of my experience with that topic? Yes, of course. Yeah, that's why you're so, on the show. That, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have a lot to learn from you, actually.
1: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> I'm, I, I'm humbled to have you, man. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Of course. Yeah, so uh, last year um, in October, so a little over a year ago, I um, had this idea, or actually, it was two years, two and a half years ago, I had this idea, and then it actually came to fruition a year ago. But it was about the band's benefit concert to raise awareness of human trafficking. Um, yeah. And this was. And it kind of evolved into this way of saying how can we include people who are ashamed of their story and because of their story don't feel like they belong, which kind of evolved into what later were my TED Talks. But that event, like kind of what you were saying, there was a lot that I had to go, I had to go through a lot to get that done. Um, I, had, I had a team of my friends who were helping me, but um, like you said, kind of I had this, dream at the end of the road like i i knew i had to do this event and there was a lot of times we almost had to cancel a couple of times we had uh partners back out and every single time there was almost this like i guess like you said like there was a a lot of pressure to have to get this done like this is something that i have to do and i wasn't really sure why exactly there was just something inside of me that i i couldn't quit like i Physically was unable to stop going until I saw that happen. Which it's it's exciting, but there is a lot of pressure involved, and a lot of that comes from yourself. But I think it's it's definitely worth it in the end. That is very interesting. Uh,
1: uh, an amazing story, uh, which to me brought to mind the importance of of purpose. Uh, you know, in the self help game right now, and it's been this way yeah. for many years there is a catchphrase that's very overused and that's like, Hey, follow your passion. Mm -hmm. And I actually disagree with that statement. And I remember sharing my perspective, uh, this position uh, on a podcast that I was actually a guest on, which was weird because normally I'm the one asking questions, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, they asked me, so what's the worst piece of advice you've gotten? And I've come to the point where the worst piece of advice I've gotten was to follow your passion.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, yeah, the, the interviewer looked at me like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because oh, shit.
2: because
1: everybody is used to that catchphrase. And I said, don't follow your passion, follow your purpose. Yeah. That, because in, during the difficult seasons, your purpose will sustain you to get you to the finish line. If you're following a passion, passions are usually founded in emotion. And so right. if you're feeling it that day and then you're not feeling it the next, then passion goes out the window, doesn't it?
2: Totally. Absolutely. So gonna write what that you down. Just mentioned, <laughs> what's that? I'm going to write that down. Follow your yeah. purpose.
1: That's great. Yeah, see, yeah, follow your purpose, not your passion. And yeah. and in your case, you just gave that perfect example because you said during this, this event that you guys were planning and putting together, uh, the Battle of the Bands piece, there was a purpose behind it. So perhaps you guys love music, which is a passion, right? But, you know, yeah. I don't know about you, but like when I'm in the gym, I like a different music. When I'm, you know, doing cardio, I like a different type of music. If I'm, you know, stressed out a certain day, there's a different type of music. So it's, it's not the same type of music. Um, but you mentioned that your purpose kept you driven, kept you focused because you know there was a, a purpose for that particular event. So it totally makes sense as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah. No, it's definitely definitely driven by the purpose, I would say. And, and like I said, was, there was a lot of days where, you know, we, we did not want to work on it, but yeah, I sure. think that, yeah. But like knowing why you're doing something and knowing who you're doing it for really kind of pushes you through those hard times.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. So tell us yeah. a little bit about this business that you're setting up, um, to, to serve this, this under, you know, really underserved population, you know, human trafficking, et cetera. I don't, I don't think America is really, uh, again, we have a, I know we have our own truckload of problems as a country, but, um, human trafficking is something that's really prevalent, especially overseas.
2: Yeah. It's actually, um, super prevalent in the United States as well. Um, which, is kind of what we wanted to focus on through the benefit concert because we interact with people every day. And a lot of times we might not know it, but we might be interacting with someone who is a victim of the sex trade. And I think it's super important to be aware of that and know what to look for. Um, But part of what we were doing, so that was kind of like the seed that was planted for some of the stuff I'm doing now. So I guess what you could say, what we're doing now is almost like the middleman between the general population and the organizations that we serve. And we really believe that by making fundraisers like benefit concerts or we're thinking of selling merchandise later this year and we're doing a documentary and a screen event for that a couple of open, open mics, it really gets the community involved to what with what these nonprofits are working on and so not only does it raise money but it also says this is what this is what's happening in our community and we want you to be aware of that and we want you to know and and also to share this idea of community like we're working with organizations that very much value giving people a place where they belong and we believe that everyone can do that in their own community it doesn't just have to be these these nonprofits or these after-school programs or whatever it is that exists already wow so that's kind of what we're doing now do you want me to talk a little bit about some of what that would look like going into the future? Or... Yeah, absolutely.
1: Please do, simply because I am really interested in mm-hmm. the vision of an 18-year-old entrepreneur. <laughs> I would love it.
2: Please share. Yeah, okay. Uh, so right now, so right now we're, we're working on a documentary about how music brings people together, and I, I'm getting two of my friends who are musicians, we're going to be going up the California coast, and we're partnering with local musicians and we're, we have, like, a couple different venues we're going to be playing at. I think we have, like, two or three so far. Um, and we're also going to be telling the story of how music creates communities. And we're also going to be highlighting this organization in our own hometown uh, called David's Heart Foundation. And they basically use music to reach and equip homeless and at-risk youth in San Diego. So once everything is said and done, once we have the project complete, we're actually going to be showing it down there at a screening event, and we're going to invite the community in, and all the money from that is going to go to the organization. So that's kind of what we're thinking of doing now is, as a business model, is doing fundraisers for organizations, and that'll be a way of generating revenue for the organizations and also generating revenue to continue doing projects like this. But because we are just now starting up, it's pretty much just an idea and a website, and couple hundred dollars kind of starting to think like how can we launch this so we can do more projects and more events in the future that's like my dream is to see more fundraising projects and more events and storytelling and get the community involved and raise awareness of these nonprofits and to promote community in different areas
1: that's fantastic I, I want to take a moment to encourage you and let you know that those couple of hundred dollars Uh, Those are great in terms of resources. The seed, if you will, really is the idea. And as you continue to water that seed, the idea itself, then it's going to grow. And really our responsibility isn't to try to make the seed grow. Our Hmm. responsibility is to create an environment where that seed can grow. And that means Hmm. our mindset. That means the people that we associate with. Uh, And then everything else will come to fruition. And I share that with you because... When I first started MRDEU global media, um, yeah. we had a negative that we had a negative balance. So at least you had a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> we had, yeah. a, we had yeah. a negative balance. And so now, you know, Dang. we're reaching different, you know, parts of the world Australia, Germany, Romania. Um awesome. I was on a call yesterday, you know, in Singapore, so uh London. So all I can tell you, Isaac, is that to try not to focus all your energy on trying to make the seed grow. Focus on simply honoring the seed by creating an environment where that seed can grow. Again, it starts with your mindset. It starts with your faith. It starts with the people that you surround yourself with. And really, uh, that's one of the best ways to nurture that seed. And then the seed in time will will start to grow. And you're going to see that it'll grow downward first. So there might be a season of time where you're like, damn, this seed's not growing. What's going on? We're putting mm-hmm. in all this work and all this time. It is growing. It's just the roots are taking hold. You know, is, seeds grow downward first, and then yeah. in time it'll pop through the the, the soil, and uh, then you'll see, you know, some of the work of your labor. And all of a sudden you're going to be that proud Papa, like, wow, you know, we <laughs> we we stayed the course and we didn't give up, and, and we can see the fruit of our labor. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm going
2: to have to borrow that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Isaac, Matt, how can our audience get together or or I should say uh, get in contact yeah. with you if they feel like, you know, they'd be a good fit and in, in, in somehow serve you in some capacity? Is there a website? Are you on IG? Absolutely. How, how can we get hold of
2: you? Yeah, so um, I think the best way that I'll be able to, um, I think the best way might be Instagram. My Instagram is, um, Isaac Rosie, and then um, I also have a website which is isaacrosenbaum.com. And on my website, you'll see some of the other, you'll see any projects I'm doing, or I even have a blog post that I update every once in a while with some videos. Uh, so that's the best way to kind of see what I'm up to, and if and if you want to get a hold of me, I also have my email, which is on that website. If you would like to take a look at that and reach out, otherwise, Instagram. Yeah, go
1: ahead and uh, is, share it with everybody.
2: Yeah, my email. Yes. So right now, still working to get a more professional business email, but right now it's uh, Isaac Rosie. That's R O S E Y three at gmail dot com. And then my Instagram again, Isaac I S A A C R O S E Y.
1: Okay, great. I literally just uh, followed you on IG because I'm I'm oh, nice. in hearing. More and watching you, you uh, grow your story and and watching to see, really being a witness to see how this seed is going to grow and take off for you.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that.
1: Well, Isaac, oh, thank you yeah. so much for hanging out with us, uh, old people. Of <laughs> <laughs> Considering you're 18, but uh, you know, we're here <laughs> to support you. Here, here to and hopefully. Uh, you know, leverage this platform as soon as it comes out. Make sure to tell your friends and family. Post it on all your websites and I will. social media so that people can Definitely. hear a little bit more about what you're up to, so on and so forth. Any parting words that you'd like to share with our with with our fellow entrepreneurs?
2: Oh boy, putting me on the spot. If anyone watching this is 18 years old, I just want to say that. Well, hmm, let me think of this. <laughs> I think. You don't really need to know your purpose right away, I don't think. I think that I kind of got lucky and I stumbled into mine, but I do think that if you do have a purpose and you do have a passion, something big that you're dreaming of, I'd say just keep dreaming bigger. Keep dreaming bigger, and even though your dream might be way too big at first, you'll start with something small, and you'll be able to see that even though you're young, you can still do amazing things. You can still accomplish a lot.
1: That's fantastic. Lifehackers, you heard it here first. Isaac Rosenbaum is up to big things. And uh, Isaac, thank you for joining us here
2: on the Lifehackers Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, you've been listening to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time with your host, loss mitigation executive, entrepreneur, and nationally featured author and speaker, David Ubita. Hey, life hackers, help us reach more people. We need your help. Stop at iTunes, give us a positive review and rating. Remember, our goal is to become the number one small business podcast on iTunes, so your feedback really does matter. Hey, for more great content like you found here on this podcast, make sure to visit davidyubita.com. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give.